In this episode of The Ziggler Show, our focus is visualizing our achievement and realization of what we say we want. No hoodoo guru stuff here, but simply if you have a desire or a goal, can you in fact see yourself achieving it? So often we just seek the how-to without solidifying our actual faith in, again, realizing the end result. So I, I share a message from Zig Ziglar where he cites a relevant story and posits that visualization absolutely does work. And I asked the Ziglar audience this question, take any goal or desire you currently have. Can you literally envision yourself achieving it? Tom Ziegler and I have a conversation talking through the comments to further clarify the massive value, necessity really, of being able to envision ourselves achieving what we say we want. Welcome everyone. I'm Kevin Miller. Every week I publish four podcast episodes over three different shows that have been downloaded over 50 million times now. So much of personal development and self-help addresses issues in our lives that are symptomatic and we don't make change. So I dig into the root issues of what will help us achieve the progress and results that we desire in our work, our life, and our health. This is The Ziggler Show, ranked number two in all-time career podcasts in Apple Podcasts. Here we focus on progress in your professional life, your work, your vocation, your business. In my Motive podcast, it's focused directly at you, yourself, your motives, which are your reasons for all you do and the root of your behavior and personal ability. In episode 23, I bring on career expert Dan Miller to discuss our vocational motives, the reasons that we went into the job, the career, the business, what motives help us, what motives harm us. Then in my True Life podcast, we key in on your necessary physical and mental capacity. In episode 65, we address adrenal fatigue. Are you dealing with it? If so, how do you treat it? Uh, this can account for a significant loss of energy in your life. You can find all three shows in Apple Podcasts. Just search for Kevin Miller or go to my website, kevinmiller.co. And if you're new to Ziggler, Please, I invite you visit Ziggler.com slash coach and connect with Tom Ziggler about becoming a Ziggler coach. One of my favorite examples is the story of Andy Gardner. He's a young man who works with Merrill Lynch. They say that they've got probably more people every year who earn $100,000 as much as any other company, maybe more than any other company in America. Andy said to me, he's now an assistant vice president with him. Andy says, Zig, they literally come in all sizes. They come in all shapes. They come in all colors. They're extroverts and introverts. They're male and female. They have tremendously varied educational backgrounds. Some of them offer the complete menu. Others are specialists. But he said, there's one thing that every one of them has in common. And that is this. You call them at 2.30 in the afternoon on February the 22nd and ask them, where are you on your goals? And they can, to the penny, tell you exactly where they are. You call them on March 23rd or November the 26th or anywhere else. That is one thing every one of them has. They're very definite. They're very specific in their goals. If they're earning a six-figure income, he said, you can absolutely count on it. Andy Gardner said to me, Zig, I started listening to you a number of years ago. Here's what I discovered. You and I come from a different generation. 
We have different political views. We have different social views. We have different religious views. But he said, Zig, the principles that you're talking about are so universal that I adopted every one of them and am following them as a part of my life. Let me tell you and this story. When he joined Merrill Lynch, one of the first objectives they have is to make the executive club. That's kind of a rookie club. And if you can make it early on, that represents a considerable amount of uh, recognition and accomplishment. His manager was a man named Parks Duncan. And uh, what Andy said was, Parks called him in one day and he said, you know, at that point, I wasn't on schedule to make anybody's club. And he said, Parks got to talking to me and he said, "Uh, Andy, let me tell you what I'm going to do. He said, I believe you have every ability to make the executive club. And I want to show you where your new office is going to be. We're building it and it's about a half mile from here. Here's the blueprint. And Andy, here is your office. Andy said he left there. He was so excited. He skipped lunch. He walked a half mile over uh, to the new office building. Nothing but a frame and a lot of concrete and uh, uh, some girders and all of that. He knew exactly where it was. And he said, you know, Zig, only the floor was in. I got there and he said, I literally squatted down as if I were at my desk in my new office. I looked out and the view there was absolutely marvelous. He said, I visualized my sales assistant outside answering the phone saying, yes, this is Mr. Gardner's office. He said, I could see all of that in my own mind. Now this is the visualization I'm really talking about here. And he said, you know, Zig, when I left there, I had that dream. I had a vision. Yes, I was going to make the executive club. And he said, in the month of November, I more than doubled my daily production. He said, I just was so excited I was on schedule to make it. And then he said, early in December, he said, three, my big deals, three of them, all three of them washed out. He said, it was at that point that some of my associates started saying to me, well, Andy, what you really ought to do is uh, you ought to, you know, start concentrating on next year, have a good year for the rest of this. But he said, you know, Zig, by then it was absolutely impossible for me to give up. He said, I took that renewed effort. I started going over to my new office where I was going to be in every day. The vision became more real all the time. And he said, it's amazing how things started popping in place. He said, the goal was to get there on December the 21st. And on December the 21st, that's exactly when I hit my goal. Visualization absolutely does work. Tom, this aspect, idea of envisioning, I don't think that's going to be new for most people to hear. And, you know, there's not a whole whole lot of things that are new out there, things we haven't heard. But are we actually grasping onto it? And it's just one that I think continues to grow more blatant in my own life is can I see myself there? And, And to some degrees, being okay sometimes with a goal, with something I think, you know, I do want that, but I don't really see myself there. And that may be okay for right now. But if it's something I really want, can I see myself actually achieving 
it. And it's just so powerful. I think some people can have, you know, kind of this hoodoo guru feel about that envisioning yourself there. But I mean, we know that you've been in this industry uh, longer than I have, but you know, for both of us all our lives and just know that there is so much effort and money churning and burning in the self-help and personal development industry because people, they kind of want something, but they can't really see themselves there. And you can spend forever there. You can spend decades, years, whatever, and not taking the time to sit down and go, okay, can I see myself there? And maybe even asking the question, why can't I? Uh, but I, you know, what's been your, what's been your experience just in your own life of, you know, have you struggled with that? Have you had to take that captive of, okay, here's something I want. Can I actually see myself as that person or having achieved that thing? I've, I've actually spent a lot of time on this in the last three or four months, uh, three or four months ago, I actually came up with a quote and a quote posters saying, we create the future we see. And it has to do with studying what's the future going to hold. Yeah. Because, you know, the change is coming. So I was just looking up on my phone. Uh, I started listening to a new book today. So I went online and looked up Seth Godin's recommended reading list because I'm a big fan of Seth. And if he's reading something, it's probably pretty good. And the book is called Everything is Figure, figure, figure Out of All. Yeah. Yeah. By um, Marie uh, Forleo. Yeah, I've got the book. Have you read it? No, <laughs> but I've got it. Do I get credit for that? That's awesome. Thanks. So check it out. Check it out. So, okay. So this morning I'm doing my elliptical. I'm listening to the book, right? I'm doing my two for one, drinking water, three for one. And she says in the book, this is in the first hour, she says, look around. Look around at your surroundings. What's in your hand? What are you holding on to? What are you touching? All of these different things. And she said, there are things around you that you're not even recognizing. There's electricity, there's plumbing, there's... And then she said this, she said, everything that you can see and touch around you was somebody's thought yeah. before it was physical. That's great. And so that was a real powerful anchor point. I mean, this mic that I'm speaking into, somebody had to think of this mic so it existed in someone's mind before it actually became a physical thing. And, and that's, that to me is, a, is there's nothing that we handle on a daily basis that's man-made that wasn't a thought first. And of course, as a believer, as a Christ follower, I would say the same thing about me and you, right? Mm-hmm. We were a thought first. And so is it true? It's extremely, it's powerful. That's a great, I love the perspective. And so for those who will see the video, here's the book. Um, yeah, I think her, you know, publicist, publishing company, somebody sent me the book and we talked about having her on the show and I think it got postponed or something like that. And then I just didn't follow up, but, um, and I love that perspective of if it, you know, in essence, I'm going to paraphrase if it, if something is going to, if we're going to progress, that means we're going to make something exist. We're going to achieve something that we have not yet. And we have to 
envisioned that. I mean, my gosh, anybody who's created a business, they created a revenue producing entity from nothing. I actually went through that today, Tom. I was somebody, I was writing a, I rewriting a bio and I wrote, I was about to write serial entrepreneur. And I thought, how many businesses have I started? And I actually went through and started listing them. And it's 14, 14 businesses now that I've, I've started from, from nothing. And those were something, yeah, they were nothing. I mean, they were a blank white piece of paper to the point that of making a dollar that paid my mortgage, you know, it's, it's, and it's so interesting. They didn't exist. So yeah, back to this. Can we see or when we think of that thing, I would really like to do, I'd really like to weigh 50 pounds less. I would like to make 50,000 more. I would like to live in that kind of a house. I'd like to drive that kind of a car. I would like to have that kind of influence. Can we really see it? And for me, it's been, you know, I just signed finally the final book deal. And I've been talked to about writing a book for a long time. And when it came down to it, and this wasn't even, and I want to put this out there too, because when we say that, it sounds like a minimizing thing. Like, oh, you think too little of yourself. You can't envision yourself doing that. And I want to say, it's not always that. I have been a paid writer in, in truth, paid for my writing, not articles and whatnot, but for the things that I write that I then bring into fruition business-wise, I've been paid for that for, for years. I was, you know, I got straight A's in English and won creative writing awards. I've always been writing, but I've never written a book. And I didn't really, it's not that I couldn't see that I, myself being able to do it. I didn't see myself doing what it would take. And I realized that. And I just, I just wasn't the time I had other things I want to do. I want to create this. I want to create that. I didn't want to sit down and write a book. So I didn't, I didn't see myself there. Then all of a sudden I had something that I felt like this is important. I need to. And, and now I can see myself doing what it takes and, and be that. And I've, I've done that. So I want to give that differentiation too. It's not just that we're not talking about just a self image thing of, Oh, can you see yourself? That's another part of it. And I talk about this in the motive, uh, in the motive podcast that I have, I talk about this aspect of, can you see yourself doing what it takes? Cause I think sometimes we realize it's just, you know, it's not, I'm sure you've Tom had things like that. It's like, I say, I could, could you see yourself being there, achieving it? Sure. Can you see yourself doing what it would take to achieve that right now? Like is the timing right? And I'm sure there's been some things for you. you go, no, not yet. Not yet. But that ultimately Absolutely. do. Yeah. Well, today is day 25 for me on my book writing commitment. Discipline. Yeah. And so I can see myself eating every day. And most of us can. And so all I did was with this book deadline is I said, I'm going to write a thousand words a day before yeah. I eat anything. Yeah. And it's unbelievable how, how seeing myself eating inspires the writing. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one for everybody. You can't eat until you make X deposit towards your goal. Uh, <laughs> this day, that's that maybe the best motive of it's, all time. I wish it was more difficult or more complicated, but <laughs> yeah, <We're>, I just, <laughs> You got to put the cookies on the lower shelf for me to really grab a hold and eat them. <laughs> I like it. Hey, whatever, whatever motivates you to produce. Well, you know, so I did ask this and had a lot of people respond back. You know, I asked, can you literally envision yourself achieving whatever that goal is? Uh, Che Murphy here. He says, I have a lot of aspirations, uh, but I take I take them. I sit down with myself and really think 
through every single detail. I feel it. I try to feel it so deeply and I know that it's already mine. I just need and must always keep the faith and, and high vibes to manifest it in the natural. Um, you know, that sitting down with something, I don't know how many times I comment on Blaise Pascal's quote of, you know, one of man's greatest downfalls is the inability to sit in a room for 15 minutes by themselves. Uh, we have that, especially in this distraction culture right now, but to take a thought, to take a thought and just dwell on it. So for everybody out there, that right, what Che just said, to take that thing that you want and sit down facing a wall with your eyes closed, looking out at nature, whatever it may be, and just think, maybe you need pen and paper, fingers and typewriter, whatever, or, or keyboard or whatever, and think, can you see yourself? And I think, uh, and I, again, I've talked about this recently in the Motive podcast. And the other side is if you can't, why? Why can't you see yourself there? And that's often, I think, the most telling reason. Because in my experience, anything that I'm looking at doing, somebody who had less going for them and far more going against them did it. Why can't I? And this isn't, I mean, your dad's famous for saying, you know, positive thinking won't let you do anything, but it'll let you do everything better than positive thinking do. And he it does. And, and he has the one story about, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, as much as he might want to positively envision it, was never going to be a good jockey. I mean, it's just physically impossible to do that. So it's not that we can envision and do anything, but generally the things that we actually authentically desire, we are capable physically. There's a possibility, but can we see ourselves there? And if we can't, why not? I think there's two things we have to consider, okay? Because we hear all this all the time. We hear about be self-aware, be mindful, right? be present. Something that you really want, okay? There's two, I think there's two essential things here for us to create the future we see. First is you got to really want it. But let me tell you something, you can want it like never before. And if you don't do the second thing, you're not going to get it. And the second thing is the noise. You got to turn off the noise. You've got to get rid of the distraction. And I think it goes back to the principle uh, that it seems like I share every time because it's another basic truth is <clears throat> we've, we've got to stop doing the wrong thing and then start doing the right thing. And a couple of years ago, I had an epiphany reading uh, Getting Things Done. And the epiphany wasn't that you create all these to-do lists and you put it all on paper. I knew that. I just didn't know why. The reason is so your brain is empty and doesn't have to remember anything because it's on paper. So what does that do? The noise is gone. And, and we are created in God's image, which means that we are closest to God when we're creating. Hmm. And what keeps us from creating, to me, is noise. Now, noise is my word for distraction, for the shiny object, for the squirrel, for the 25 good things that all get in in the way of the great thing. And we get our self-worth 
in so many cases by checking all these boxes, by getting the endorphin, you know, rush when we get a like on social media. I mean, it's, it's crazy stuff. And so clearly, you know, clearly seeing the future you want to create is the combination of seeing that future, but it has to be in the absence of noise. You, you can't have distraction change, challenge, noise, everything draining you while you're doing it. Yeah. And so Shay, when he put that in, man, that's, that's spot on spot. Yeah. Spot on. And that may be almost a paramount uh, methodology, if I could say, you know, for this. Now here's one though, that you will relate to. Jennifer says, I have a goal set for October 31st. So she's writing this. This is what uh, February, uh, a goal set. She didn't say what it is, but I have post-it notes on my mirror to help me envision the goal for the day today. I picture myself meeting the goal and how I will celebrate. I look at myself in the mirror and say the goal out loud. This is on Facebook and somebody uh, else then responded to that. Dan Brandenburgs. Dan, a great guy. I've known him uh, forever. He is a professional photographer and there was a time, I don't know where it sets now, but where he was one of the, or one of the really big, his, his main income, it was a big income, came from uh, photos for stock photo. Uh, it's pretty neat, pretty neat story. But uh, Dan says years ago, I did the same thing. I realized I was getting myself each morning with a lot of negative self-talk. So I decided to put post-it notes on my mirror where I would usually see my face every morning. Instead of starting the day with frustrations, I'd see my primary goals and it made a huge difference. Uh, dry erase markers also, also work. And it's interesting. They said that, and it was about two days ago. I think it's gone now. And my, we had family devotions in the morning and the word that came out that my wife really pulled out was rejoice, rejoice. Can we go through the day rejoicing? You know, it's a different take on gratitude, but rejoice. And I am so aware of my propensity as a human to have that conviction there in the morning. Here we go. Take off, go out the door. And then my mind is gone. And I am not present and I am not aware. And I get to the end of the day or the next morning and then I realize, wait, what was that word we were going to you know, keep there at the forefront? So I wrote it with a Sharpie on the kind of the palm of my hand. And it was so great for helping bring me back to that every day. Well, obviously this is close to home for Ziegler when we, you know, Zig was such a proponent of self-affirmations, those things that we remind ourselves of of who I am or the kind of person I need to be to create that. And we speak it into being in essence. I like that thought of just a prophetic thing towards myself. I am that person or I'm going to be. You are listening to the Ziegler show in this episode on envisioning ourselves, reaching our goals. Next, Tom shares the concept of a famous story told by his dad, Zig Ziglar of a man's triumphant success envisioning himself as a different person. So we'll be right back after I share some great resources with you. There's a famous story that dad told, um, and it's in the changing the picture, uh, program from how to stay motivated. And I think it was in the born to win series, but it's the Tom Hartman story. Yeah. Okay. okay of course. And he came to an event he was in terrible shape. He weighed probably 150 pounds too much, blah, blah, blah. So he buys the audio program, cassette tapes back then, listen to it over and over hours a day. 
And he started picturing in his mind the physical shape that he was going to be. So in his mind, when he closed his eyes, he saw him as himself as a fit, you know, weight, you know, 150 pounds lighter, whatever it was. And then he tells two things. The first one, he was in the grocery store buying some food. And this is the beginning of it when he just started to program his mind. And this little girl, five years old, started yelling, Mama, Mama, look at that fat man pointing at him. And so he turned around to see who she was pointing at. And that's when he knew he'd already lost the weight. Hmm. The second one is he was walking down the street, kind of dusk, looking at men's clothing, and he found this suit that he really wanted. And then he started to feel really uncomfortable, like some huge man was watching him. And then he realized it was the reflection in the window. And so his, his subconscious mind had already adopted the, what it is. So he goes in to buy some suits, I think the next day, and he, and he buys them the, the size that he knows he's going to be and puts them on layaway. And the salespeople there were saying, you're crazy. But the point was, is he had spent so many hours reframing the vision he had of himself, right? We create the future we see. So the future he saw of himself was this physical specimen. Just, it's just, I love the, I love the commitment. I had a a friend many years ago now who was not that this is a, you know, again about weight, but just so happened to be a very large guy who wanted to uh, lose weight. And he entered into a 5k, like six months down the road, you know, paid the money, got his registration, told people about it and then started walking during his lunch break. And before long, he's got a whole group of people walking with him, you know, the accountability and envisioning himself. And then he bought a uh, registered for a a marathon like a year, year and a half later. And I, and I want to say the story was that, you know, he bought the plane ticket and reserved the hotel. I don't know if you can buy plane tickets anymore that far out. Maybe you could back then, or maybe I just elaborated on the story, uh, but you know, bought the hotel, the point being he committed to it and, and said he could see himself. We got a guy, Thomas, who f- posts on a lot of, I don't know if he posted on this one, posts on a lot of the questions that we do. And he is, uh, again, a large guy, again, not to make it about that, but just so happens to be a good analogy, large guy who is seeing himself as a triathlete. And he is doing it. He buys the paraphernalia. He's sharing it with everybody. That is who he is becoming. And uh, love to see that. You know, Chris Johnston pulls out a good point, though, here. He says, I can envision the goal. And uh, maybe, you know, visioning it is is a better word. Sometimes the steps to make it a reality are at best murky. Well, I appreciated the candor of that. But I also think it just puts out there something relevant. I mean, have... I mean, Tom, I have, I've taken something and said, man, I want this. I believe I should go towards this. I can see myself there. No idea how I'm going to get there yet. I mean, as a starting point though, we're talking about, can you see yourself there? And so I would, I would take that premise and give people permission to see yourself there. Even if you don't know yet how you're going to do that. We are so great, especially the more intellectual self-aware people at discounting ourselves. Would you not do that? You are not allowed to discount yourself. Just what is it that you want to go towards? You think you should go towards that you, th- you feel like you desire. Can you see yourself achieving it? If the answer is yes, great. That is, 
that's the holy, that's a holy grail. It's a big, you know, primary pillar that we're talking about here. Let yourself do that, even though you may admit that you do not know how to get there yet. And Tom, I, you know, I know you can get different personality style issues in here, but man, there's, I don't know if there's anything that I set out and saw myself out that I already knew how I was going to do it. Most of the time, I feel like I'm figuring it out along the way. And to that degree of analysis, paralysis, if there's anything new that we're going to, like you said, it doesn't exist yet. And we're going to go out here and envision it in our minds and that it does exist. And it doesn't yet. Now we can't, I don't, I've never had anything. I don't know if it exists where you can exactly know how to do it. You could only see so far to then where you can see a little bit further. I mean, that's part of the process. So I think Chris brings out a really good point, And I want people to hear that. Yeah. You do not have to know how it's going to work out or know the steps too. That's part of your process. Now, once you can envision it, if, I mean, for that matter, Tom, I think one of the issues we're talking about here is how often we set something out there, start trying to figure it out how to do it. And yet we have not yet done this first piece of, can you really see yourself there? And if not, then I think that's where we see so many people just churning and burning for years and never really making the progress towards that thing. Cause they've never seen themselves there. What do you think? Reminds me of another Zig story. You know, a lot of people in the heyday of dad's career would say, Oh, he's a motivational speaker. He's all fluff and rah, rah. And there was this academic uh, PhD guy, I believe, if I'm remembering the story right. And he came in and he said, I just need to tell you all something. He said, I, I kind of thought most of this stuff was just fluff. And he said, so I was listening to the recording and I started outlining it. And he said, this is unbelievable. It's, it's like every story, every illustration, every point is a foundation on a foundation on a foundation. It's all relevant. And so dad had this great quote regarding this one subject right here. He said, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly until you learn to do it well. Love, love that quote, yeah. Well, in our, in our legacy certification where speakers and trainers come in to be equipped to go out and teach our material, and also in our coaching that we license people to go and coach our material, a lot of times a performance planner is part of that program. They get the Ziegler Performance Planner, which is a year-long book where you follow the 20 pages of goal-setting instructions to, to write all your goals out. And there, I'm used to it, and, and to me it's no big deal. But I would say, Kevin, that close to 25% when we meet back up with them again, six, well, three months later, how many of you started in your planner? 25% will say, no, I haven't. And we're like, why not? It would be like you getting a new racing bike that, you know, is 50% lighter and 20% faster and somebody's like, how's it ride? And you're like, I don't know. I'm riding the old one. Uh -huh. And so we would ask him, why, why haven't you done it? Well, I'm not sure I'll get it right. You can't get it wrong. Uh -huh. And so we would say, look, here's the thing. It's your planner. If you lose it, you can get a new one. If you fill it out wrong, you, the next day you fill it out right. You can use any color you want. You don't have to stay in the lines. 
just start using it, only do one goal. And, and just, even if you only spend a minute in a day, just get started. And all of a sudden it's like the weight of perfection gets dropped off. And so I think that's this last comment is speaking a little bit to that. Yeah. Hey, I've got this vision and I can really see it, but what if, what if I take the wrong step? What if, you know, what if I don't do it right? I think the better question is, can you really do it wrong? I, I love, again, I love that statement. Okay. So at risk of uh, nobody listening to the show again, check it out, Tom, those in the video can see this performance like planner original version right this there. is circa uh this is january march 19th 1987 <clears throat> see the autograph there by by your dad there you go there's the autograph see you at the top zig ziglar ephesians 2 8 through 9 so that's on that page here's the first page got my personal information on it all right so far so good kevin miller <clears throat> so i grew up in in bowling green kentucky uh, here's the personal commitment. I got that filled out. 21st day of March, 1987. <clears throat> That's it. This is a pristine historical piece right here that I never did. It was so precious to me. I couldn't get myself to write in the thing at the time. Uh, now, thank goodness I did some other things right, like continuing to listen to Zig Ziglar. And I now have, there's other performance planners over there, but that one, uh, yeah, I, I did that uh, I, in my, in all shame. Here you go. There you go. Well, yeah. in all fairness, you know, we do have a money back guarantee. <laughs> okay. Can I say, but if I, I can't say it, here I am hosting the Ziglar show. I can't say it didn't work. You don't qualify. You have to work. You have to fill out every page. And if at the end of the year. Oh, right. If it wasn't worth the, the $50 that you paid for it, yeah, we give you your $50 back. Okay. We've never had one return. Never had one return. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so funny. You know, it, well, and there you go. You know, the, the, the envisioning, I will say that I grew the ability to envision myself at my goal. So even though I didn't always do the steps well and thought my performance planner, I at least got that much out of the Zig Ziglar philosophy. And here I am today. And here's a neat one. Faye, she says, uh, I have written, I have a written, or I have written a detailed dream. One aspect shows me sitting at a desk, writing my annual $100,000 checks to 10 different ministries that I love and support. This means my business is thriving profitably and I can help others because of it. That reminded me of the story I've heard multiple times of Jim Carrey. Most people know the actor, comedian, Jim Carrey, and he tells a story. You can find it online where he wrote uh, I don't know, remember what the timeline was, but wrote a check to himself for $10 million for sir, act, uh, I think it was like acting services rendered or services rendered, something like that. And then he tells a story of how long later, I don't, I don't remember the timeline it was that he received a check for $10 million for services rendered for one of his roles in, you know, Ace Ventura or the mask. I don't, I don't remember what it was, but yeah, that aspect, what, we hear that and give lip service to it and nod at it, but do we really do it? Do we really write down our name with published author or with paid speaker or with doctor or lawyer or with wonderful father and esteemed mother or whatever that title is, that goal is, that label is? Can we, can we see it? And again, I'm going to pull us back to that. And, and if you can't, 
Why can you not? And there are some, you know, aspects of some disciplines that we can do to help us like the, you know, Ziegler self-talk cards and self-affirmation Dion here. He says, it helps me to write it down in my journal for clarity and then make it a habit to read the written goals and have accountability partners to journey with. Uh, Nick Unsworth, we had him on the show a few months ago now, and he had an incredible story. I don't have the episode in front of me, but if you type in Nick Unsworth and the Ziegler show, you'll find it. He incredible story of him writing down some goals, some achievements that he wanted to do that he really had no business attaining with what he could see at the moment, with what anybody else could see in the moment and them happening. And if you listen to the story happening in some dramatic fashions coming to fruition and, you know, you talked about a faith-based aspect, Tom, um, you know, depending on where your faith is, do can, uh, is there some supernatural abilities here? I think so. But so much of it, even outside of that, is just getting ourselves to believe. What can we do to get ourselves to believe that we can actually do X, Y, Z? And the thing I want to call attention to is how many of us have that thing that we think we want, we say we want, we would say it's a goal, and we're, we're again, putting so much effort. We're listening to, blog, listening to podcasts, reading blogs, reading books, going to seminars to figure out how to do it. And we haven't, like Chase said at the beginning of the show, we haven't sat down. Again, look out the window, close your eyes, get a journal out, whatever, and said, can I really see myself there? And if you can, great, write about it, set it down, put it in concrete. And if you can't, asking yourself, why? Why can't I see it? And get to the root issue, which is my focal point with all the shows we do here. Get to that root issue. If you've got a goal that's been out there for a long time, I'm going to gather that this is a primary piece of it. You don't really, again, see yourself there or, or Tom, again, I like that to me. It's, I like, I think it's a relevant other piece or you just don't see yourself doing what it takes, but I'm going to caveat that with what you think it takes. And Tom, I'm sure you've experienced that maybe yourself, definitely with other people where they put that thing out there and say, yeah, but, but what it would take is X, Y, Z. And they're saying that in reference to somebody they've been exposed to. And this is what that person had to do it. I have so often found with myself and others that that is not always a true depiction of what it takes. That's what it took for that person. It may take something different for you. And again, that's another way of really opening the door to a different possibility, to a bigger probability is not assuming that what it took for somebody else to achieve X, Y, Z is what it will take for them, which is hard because we're in a day and age where you say, hey, this is what I achieved. Here's my book that tells you how to achieve it just like I did. Go do it. And we get wrapped up, I think. Is that, is that a fair, sometimes in an errant perspective of what it really does take for you? You know, we, we put expectations on ourselves. We assume what it will take. Um, we think it's going to be harder than it is. A great story. One of our one of our ZLCers, uh, his name is Alan O'Neill, and I know <clears throat> Alan. Yes, so he's from Ireland, and back in the green card day, he entered the green card lottery, and he got picked. So he and his wife moved to the U.S., and he was a plumber, and so he comes over here. And he gets a plumber's job. 
And they taught him a little, um, I'm not sure exactly what he was doing, but they, they taught him a sales script and he would go into the, the appointment and he would do the script and, and, and then they would say yes and then he would do the work. Well, his whole mindset was America was the land of milk and honey. This is the opportunity place of the world. What, what is it? The immigrants advantage? Yeah. Yeah. The immigrants edge. Edge. I okay. think, yeah, Brian Buffini wrote that book, uh, The Immigrants. And he's from Ireland, too. So maybe it's an Irish thing. <laughs> <clears throat> so, so he's doing this. And I can't remember, but it seemed like it was like 90 days, two or three you know, appointments a, a day. And his sales success was 100%. And so the sales manager came in and said, we need to meet. And he said, what for? He said, well, I want to learn what you're doing. And so he told him and he, he said, he kind of said, well, what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm doing what you told me to do. And the sales manager said, well, nobody closes 100%. So Alan said he went on a sales call right after that and it missed his first sale. <laughs> that is like, I mean, just think about that. The psychology of what would that be? Uh, that possibility of failure creeping in there. So now he's he he is the he's a partner in a, in a group called the Wrench Group, and I think there's three different very large plumbing and groups underneath him. Uh, that and and so his success has been amazing. But but he said, you know, what a lesson to learn. Yeah. That the way we think about it is probably how it's going to happen. I, I recently had a guy, it was last weekend, we were at a social event. He was talking about trying to help his wife mountain bike, which is one of my avid joys. And uh, she said something to the fact of, yeah, I, I'm afraid I'm going to go over into that ditch. He says, well, don't look over there. You know, we end up going wherever, <laughs> wherever we look. So mountain biking, don't look where you want to go. Don't look where you uh, don't want to go. And again, great perspective for this topic. And back to what I said a minute ago, I have so often seen sometimes, and I, I, I'm going to stumble over trying to say this correctly because it sounds, uh, it could sound elitist, but you know, sometimes the more self-aware people who are pursuing and understanding, and I would say, you know, uh, intellectual people are the first to discount themselves. And then I have seen the spoils, if you will, success go to some people because they didn't know, dumb, dummy didn't know any better than to know he couldn't do it. Uh, you know, really. And, and Tom, I've literally had some experiences with that where it really just put me in my seat, seeing somebody achieve something that I did not give much credit to. And the person just didn't know any better. Well, I'm astute enough. I'm insightful enough to know the reasons why I couldn't do it. And I didn't do it. Well, son of a gun. That didn't help me much, did it? You know, we discount ourselves. So to go out there and again, look at that objective and go, can you envision yourself? Don't discount that. I've done that with people of saying, okay, we're going to take 30 minutes, take that journal 
and take 30 minutes to come up with all the reasons why you could do it, how you could do it. If you had to, if a gun's to your head, write down the ideas. And if at the end of that 30 minutes, you can't come up with enough things, then maybe it's not best for you. Maybe it's not for you. And, you know, kind of like what you, you said about the performance planner that's never been returned. Uh, seldom do people get to the end of that without having some legit ideas that they can, that seem palatable to them of ways that they could do it, that they could see themselves achieving that. Um, man, just such, again, such a powerful, it's such a pithy perspective here in the personal development self-help world, such a pithy perspective of, can you envision yourself? And yet I think it's one of those that we just don't give enough gravity to and we miss it. And I'm going to say it again. And we have that thing that we think that we want. We put it out there and we spend time and money going after the steps to achieve it. And we're getting the next book, the next online course, the next online group, the next mastermind, the next whatever. And I'm not dissing any of those, but when you see yourself churning through those things and it not making progress, if you sat down, like Chase said again, we're going to make him the star of the show, sat down and just seen yourself there. And if not, why? I, yeah. I, I, that's, that's one of my favorite perspectives. Why not? It's seldom can we come up with a reason. When I think of the word noise, um, I think it's also what we choose to hear. So when dad was brand new in cookware sales, stainless steel cookware, door to door, he was being trained and his manager at the time was named Randy Manning. And so all these years later, when I was about 16 or 17, I got to play golf with dad and Randy Manning and Randy Manning was, you know, a good 25 years older than dad. So, well, 20. So dad tells me this Randy Manning story. So they went, they had this dinner party. This guy was at the party and he said, yeah, I'm interested in the cookware. I have no money. You'll have to come out to my farm the next day. And, and uh, so Randy went with him and Randy said, don't say anything, just listen. So they go into this farm and the farmer's out in the front doing some stuff and he's got an old t-shirt on and he's got, the the big overalls and dad's looking around and there's a broken down car over here and you know the farmhouse doesn't look so good and uh the guy says oh so you're here and he says yeah I'm, I, and randy says I'm, I'm here about what we talked about last night and the farmer and of course dad had been told don't say anything so the farmer starts off and he said yeah he said i've been thinking about it you know we had a bad crop uh, last harvest and, and I just had to put all the money in for the seed for this year and my two youngest twins just got braces so that was a big hit and that car right there just broke down that's why it's up on blocks and my wife is expecting again and he gave like six or seven excuses and dad said Randy just nodded his head and then when the guy was quiet he said so I suppose you want to do cash. <laughs> I like the assumptive sale. It's my favorite. And he said, the farmer reached into the center pocket in his overalls and pulled out the biggest wad of cash he'd ever seen in his life. Beautiful. And said, yeah, we'll just have to do cash. And so that's what happens is the world gives us this feedback that says, not now, wait, it's not perfect. They're not going to say yes, don't do it. And 
we pass up the opportunity to say, I guess you just want to pay cash. I like it. And that is, that's a huge thing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like when there's something important that you want to do, that's going to change the trajectory of your life. And all of a sudden something pops up on your screen. You have the choice right then to say, nope, I'm going to do what's important first, then I'll do that. Or I better go do that because people might think something of me if I delay it. Yeah. And that's the difference in so many cases. It's shutting out the noise. Yep. Yep. Here, here I'll, I'll end us with a good quote. This is uh, Dan Brandenburg, who I mentioned before. He was quoting Richard Bach. Uh, You're never given a dream without also being given the power to make it true. You may have to work for it, however. And that's what we're talking about here. The work of sitting down and envisioning yourself achieving it, being there, having whatever it is. There's your first, first step that we often, that we often miss. And as always, Tom, I'm always speaking to myself as well. I continue to do this, uh, also. So, uh, plenty for us to learn. All right. Well, let's go envision us doing something great. Deal? Deal. All right. So the question, again, take any current goal and desire that you have. Can you truly see yourself reaching it, achieving it, living life in the newness of that reality? If so, awesome. And if not, ask yourself why and think through that. Coming up in episode 869, I'm bringing on an expert for something that we all think that we have, yet most of us do not, not enough. It's trust. And right now, as you hear that, you're going to think, hey, I'm trustworthy. You think you have integrity. You do this. You do the right thing. You're honest. You think people trust you. Well, with all due respect, well, they do. They may some, but trust is a scale. And while we think it either, you know, is we have trust or it isn't, we don't have trust. It's not, it's a scale, but the bigger issue is the truth that regardless of if you're you know honest and trustworthy actually gaining people's trust is complex it takes intentional work if you are not getting the influence you want the attention you think you deserve the audience growth you think should be happening chances are you have not done what it takes to solidify trust not enough from others so i bring on david horsager he's going to join us to break this down you're going to want to hear this message Till then, thank you, as always, for walking with me as we inspire our true performance together.